I'm Michael Hall. And I'm Andy Davis. And we want to welcome you to The Day Advantage, the D&D podcast for two old school dads. Talk about new school play. It's the one-shot edition. <laughs> We're back <laughs> in, in in our full configuration. Yeah, yeah. It's, we enjoyed it I'm, so much. And this is, <laughs> we, we definitely want to do things that you enjoy. But we like doing yes. things that we enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it more fun. So we've got Peter again. Welcome, Peter. I'm back. Excellent. And we're going to do another one shot. And what we liked about the one shot, or at least I really liked about it. And I think we're going to do more of this. So do stick around after, maybe not after each episode, but certainly it's going to probably be split into two. And after the second episode, we're going to dissect a little bit of what we did. So we'll talk about some of the decisions we made. We'll we'll we'll, we'll make sense of what was going on if we can. What do you yeah. think, Andy? Yeah, I think so. Both of us obviously like talking D&D, but also one of the things that we've certainly heard from everyone is everyone likes to hear or have explained why why do why do people and how do I make good choices while playing? So I don't think we want to mess up like the gameplay aspect no. of it, but I do think coming back and maybe some key moments or just talking generally about why would we do one action or another uh, in a given moment, both from a tactical standpoint, but also from a character perspective. Yeah. I mean, yeah. or the things that we didn't do, right? It's yeah, like, or, yeah. yeah was, like why why I, wouldn't it, in retrospect would it have been better gameplay to do something, but maybe not totally in alignment with the character? I think that's one of the things that people always struggle with is what does the player ver- know versus what the character knows this is gonna be a little different from the the battle royale because we've created some new characters for this like i in my mind envision this as stories from the shattered chasm right and we'll do a yes. number of these throughout over the next couple months where we'll revisit with a one shot a different story in the shattered chasm which is a way to both explore mm-hmm. the the world that the three of us have actually spent a lot of time creating but that we like playing in too yeah for sure so andy how do you want to how do you want to bring us into this do you want to do a quick little intro and then we'll we'll hand over to Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about it before. Broadly, the Shattered Chasm is a Western-themed setting. Dusty, lots of big canyons. A central element of the Shattered Chasm geographically is this massive canyon that has a big river running down the center of it. And there are all these shattered metals, which were created by some cataclysmic event. There's a a lot of mining and a lot of other activity related to extracting those magically enhanced ores from the ground. And and as part of that, one of the recent innovations that has appeared in the chasm is a train. Whereas before everything was being hauled up and out by mule trains or something else, now there's actually a train. And so I'll let Peter get into the specifics of what is on the train and where it's going. But essentially, we're going to do a one-shot that's a train heist. I'm going to go rob a train, buddy. Hey, that, that- that is about as old west <laughs> as you can get, right? Like yeah, that's trope right. Of, trope, of, trope of tropes. Trope, trope of tropes. What we'll do is what we'll introduce our characters as they arrive on the train, and we may do a little bit of expository that points in time, just because we have to. We're still figuring out exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pete, take it away, man. Yeah, I suppose to uh, start our little Western story here, our ne'er-do-wells in the story have been hired by one Ingritham, a this like dwarven fixer, gold teeth, bushy beard, covered in jewelry, an aspiring godfather is a great way to describe him. <laughs> He's maybe not quite there, is a little too stingy with how he does things, but he has been contacted by the train master in Riddle, a member of sorry, the Levelers. The Levelers. the Levelers. From episode 5, our homebrew thieves guild. Group of Robin Hood-esque 
highly specialized spread out groups. This the train master Gyrothops, sometimes <laughs> this wispy gnomish train master in Riddle. Riddle is the home of the train and is a inventor's town full of gnomes and the sort. But Gyro has reached out to Ingratham to help him put together a group, and it has ended up with our two little adventurers. You're currently being handed your train tickets by Gyro himself as you hear the train slow to the stop in the station as this train goes from the Nether Empire Mines to Riddle before heading up north and then crossing a bridge and heading to the main trading town, the Chasm Bounty. A great deal of material is being offloaded before they actually put in place these passenger cars. But you've been handed your tickets. Gyro's gonna say, uh, thank you for what you're doing. This will be great. Just make sure clear out the vault car. Third one down from the top. And got maybe, hope look out a window in his office out to the train. You have maybe a half an hour before they start boarding passengers. Thanks again. He'll show you out of his office. As this little gnome, Mr. Thops, guides us out, you see an Aarakocra. He has a, a robe that goes from head to toe, kind of covers up his head. See, his left arm is in a sling in front of him, and he's he's very slight. He's five foot six with the crest of feathers that goes up over the top of his head. His, his face and his head are all black, but then as you see down by his feet and his his fingers are more blue feathers, right? So he goes, has this black to blue. Basically looks something like a Stellar's J, if, I, if you're from the West and you're familiar with that. Yeah, and if you were to ask him his name, he would say, he'd kind of give you a look and he'd be like, Nanya, Nanya Bidness. So this is Nunya Bidness, yeah. And uh, he's yeah, and underneath the the robe, which is a little bit of a disguise is probably too too much. It's just he's trying to be a little more low-key. He's wearing like essentially like a gi type outfit where the the pants go down to about his knee about just below his knees and are tied like the Shaolin monk style but all the the clothing is dark grays and pretty pretty muted. The one thing that is notable is around his ankle kind of like uh, those little bird bands or these sort of more ornate bird bands that sort of are around his ankle and his feet are bare and he looks a, and you can see from the way he moves that he's he's very agile and he's some sort of fighter. Standing next to Nanya Bidness is a medium height, about six feet tall, very lean, 26-year-old man with a darkish complexion and curly black hair and a, a, a light scruff beard and startlingly gray eyes that shift between gray and light green and gray and light blue, piercing eyes. And he's wearing a very, very fancy outfit. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little fancy. I don't know how else to say it. Um, uh, with greens and and grays. And you notice that he's got lots of belts and little pouches and uh, pockets that are filled with tools, both like little sculptor's tools, but then also all sorts of other tools. And he's carrying like a wrench and twirling it around in his hand. He's carrying a satchel on his side. And he's very confident. But even more interestingly, at his feet is a, a, a medium-sized greenish metallic fox with gold eyes and a gold nose. And this fox, though physically small, gives off a lot of big fox energy, Andy. So we'll see big what fox. that's all. Big what fox is energy. Big fox energy. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to find out. Okay. You have met Jean Marlo Demar. He's a former child detective 
from the city of Bounty, and but he's given up his detective ways and for reasons of his own, gone on his own way as working for the levelers and, and maybe getting a little revenge against the fat cats in the city. Nunya's motivations are maybe a little simpler. Nunya likes shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> maybe perhaps fatally attracted to shiny things. Hard to say. Not necessarily valuable, but he just likes shiny. He likes his shininess. And he, growing up, he was part of an order of monks, not on a religious perspective so much as almost one of those Muay Thai fighting camps, you know, where right. people go to train. He was like one of those, he's essentially an air cooker who got caught up in something like that and learned to fight and has learned a number of other tricks. And at some point was less interested in the fighting, although he still is clearly getting better, but became kind of like, oh, you know, I can I can take things. Nice. And so now he, he has left that order and he now basically works as a thief, occasionally muscle. I think he's got less of a connection to the to the levelers and more of a connection to Ingritham. Mm-hmm. I think he does think of somebody who's on the outer circle. In general, he he likes I think he likes to fight, but he doesn't like to he doesn't like to kill people. It's just it's just messy. It's got too many consequences. Beating somebody up and especially somebody else who's a thug or another criminal or somebody who is is being paid to be a guard or something like that. Zero issue. But generally tries to avoid really hurting innocents and other people. He, they're, they're not part of the life, and so he just chooses to keep them out of it. You know, it's that awesome. sort of no, no women, no children kind of vibe. But if you if you stand up and you get in his way, he's going to knock you down. Yeah, I, love that. I think that's where our, our characters maybe are a little bit aligned in that Jean Marlowe is a... He, he, he does not believe in hurting the innocent people. He is quite interested in getting revenge on the, the upper crust of the society and bounty and stealing from them whenever possible. I like your attitude, Marlo. Marlo, Marlo. Wait. Marlo, Marlo, Marlo. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know, Nonya, that is quite annoying. I wish you would stop. <laughs> I get that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, as you guys kind of step out onto the train platform, you can see several crews are pulling off what you would know to be these raw mineral storage cars, whether they're pulling coal or other things out of the Nether Empire mines. A lot of those raw materials get used up in a town like Riddle, where they're processing metals, where they're turning metals into other kind of inventions and wondrous items. Notably, counting down the cars of the train one last time, There, this is a 10-car train. Each car is about 60 feet long and 15 feet wide. The first car in the train is the engine car. These are magically driven trains, like a hovering monorail-esque. They float probably three or four feet off the ground. It's enough space that a small-sized creature could comfortably lay down and have it pass over it. Anything larger might get clipped by something as it heads over. Passing the engine car, there is a generator car where a lot of the magical power used to drive these trains is stored. Past that, there is your target, a heavily armored vault car. You can see two of the guards that are guarding this train in this first leg of 
the journey, the Grey Wind Guard. They're stereotypically city guard-esque is how I would describe them. They're all wearing chain shirts. They have a big gray tabard with a golden emblazon of a griffin on it. And they all look tremendously bored, as you can see them across the train in various positions. After the vault car, there is a luxury car, the high-class car where you'd find probably four private booths are in this car. It would be the type of place where you'd see the more noble-esque people here might get one of these booth cars for the journey so they don't have to sit with the common rabble in the next four cars. You guys are in the regular passenger seats. Your seats are in the sixth car. You sit across from each other on this train. Right. At least in your seats. And then the last two cars are a storage car. Though, notably, you can see the storage car that you were expecting, just a regular storage car, being swapped out with a flat bed with a large tarp being thrown over it. It seems maybe at the last minute someone has needed something delivered to Bounty or somewhere else. And then the last car on the train that you can see is the caboose. Engine is one, two is... Two is power, three is the vault to your target, four is the luxury suites, five through eight are passenger cars, nine is a flatbed piece of storage, and ten is the caboose. So Jean Marlowe is an artificer, and he has spent a lot of time in Riddle over the years, and has been making a regular effort to ride this train to scout out what's going on. So is there anything that he might know, partially because he also has the telepathic feet, so he's been also using detect thoughts on most of these trips in order to see if he can identify trained detectives, both by their, their consistent appearance or by detect thoughts. There's a lot of buzz about a circus opening up over in Bounty in probably the next week or so that has been gathering a lot of attention recently. It seems to be the buzz of the hour. The previous one, which you saw some kind of beat up ads and being a former detective, you picked up on it. There was an event somewhat deeper into the chasm itself called the Blood Games that has wrapped up maybe a week ago. And there has been a lot of talk about like the man who won the Blood Games, a guy called Morlo. I do not like this man already. <laughs> yeah. Um, Morlo, Mor- no, 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 I just, it doesn't feel right. Would but, I, so I don't know if I need to make a role for this. Would I have, would I, as someone who is like in fighting, fighting adjacent, would I know what the blood games were? Is yeah, there a chance I like the, attended the blood games? I would say you definitely know what they are. They're a little exclusive. So I would generally ask for probably a charisma check to have gotten in a charisma check of your choice. So deception, persuasion, you could have done performance if you wanted to like have gotten in with a deception roll of it. (laughs) I rolled a six. So I'm thinking I did not. No, no, you weren't able to get in. The blood games is a... I showed up. I'm like five feet tall. They're like, dude, you're no. too small. Everybody yeah. else is like seven there, feet. There is literally absolutely... a sign that says you have yeah. to be this tall to enter. And I'm like trying to puff up like a bird does. Even my crest won't get over the, over the you must yeah. be this tall to enter. There is not a particularly large amount of like true law enforcement outside of the individual towns in the chasm. So a lot of 
shadier stuff happens. The Blood Games in particular are built out of a very old mine system that has since been totally mined out that is almost labyrinthine where the organizer, a wizard, has essentially set up a bunch of scrying orbs with dark vision, and over the course of a week, releases 50 or so trained killers and traps them in the mines for everyone to watch. And the person who comes out the other end is given a single casting of the wish spell. I do not like this guy already. First he misspells the name, and then he <laughs> takes a wish spell. A majority of the winners... Maybe he wished years, he was dead. <laughs> Maybe a majority of the winners over the years have wished for things like cash or whatever it is. Whatever the case is, the fact that Morlo has is a winner and survived because the wizard does not open it up until the week has passed definitely means that whoever he is, he is dangerous. I hope I continue to roll this low on all my <laughs> deception checks. It would be pretty great. Yeah, if I could, as you step onto the platform, the last of these cars are pulled into place. Could I get one perception check before everybody hops on? 19. Marlo rolls a 7, but Maria, my foxy mm -hmm. friend, she gets a perception roll as well. She rolls wow. a 19. A few different people stand out in this crowd, probably heading towards an entrance of the same car your guys are in, but maybe on the side slightly farther up than you are. You can see a knoll in shackles, both wrist and ankle shackles, with a well-dressed high elf holding the keys or holding the leads to these. These look like a prisoner and his guard is a good way to describe these two. Much farther down, looking towards where the luxury car is, there's two groups of interests, a family of much wealthier looking individuals. You can see the most classically goth looking dwarf you'll ever see. He has like the long straight hair, dark bags under his eyes. He looks maybe scholarly, but he has this like tome that's stretched leather and it is almost a little spiky. Is he wearing like platform boots? Yeah, with like yes, spikes he, on the yeah, toes just to yeah, make him look absolutely. Like, if this is yeah, Morlo, Andy, if this is Morlo, Nunya's gonna be really pissed off that they turned him yes, away. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing you can see near the luxury cart that is a little surprising is you can see a group, it's one, very well-dressed, bard-looking woman. There's, like, a guy not wearing a shirt, totally bald. He has this insane mustache. There is tiefling bard type with a lute who's playing a tune and chatting with the other two being another gnome, probably from Riddle, and a lion. And a lion person. No, not a lion person, just a it's lion. An actual, actual, an actual lion. lion that talks? That appears to at least be having a conversation with the gnome. Okay. Marianne, that is unusual. You can talk to me, but they, they should not be able to talk to you. Did you see the jewels that that family was wearing? The mo I think the mother, maybe the mom. I don't know about, much about mothers. I think she had a, uh, I think I think she had a tiara. I think Nanya, there was diamonds. Nanya, Nanya, you must stay. I know, focused. I know. I got to stay, I got to stay focused. I'm staying focused, focused. focused. but I'm just, I mean. Focus. Okay, so. So in our so in our train we saw this the things the notable thing is we see this knoll with an elf. That's yes, it is a knoll with an elf, and particularly to you, Nanya, 
you might have to get a closer look, or if you wanted, you could like maybe push for like a history check. But there's something ever so slightly familiar about this knoll. Okay. You very well might have seen him before. I have perception. I don't learn much about history in the in a fighting mm. camp, so I, <laughs> I don't have much in the way of history. I mean, I can get sort of. I'll, I'll, now, I'll if you want, you can try to get a better look as you move about. But so as just, you're, so as we're thinking about like, there's not. A, I'm assuming this is the old west where there's not like an assigned seating no. i want us to not look like we're associated for the casual viewer and so but i do want to be able to like see him and be able to make eye contact so maybe but the like, one, one of the good things is that i have telepathy i may communicate with you you may not communicate with me you will be annoyed of my voice <laughs> great <laughs> that sounds great so you know, you, all you need to do is give me some sort of signal, maybe a bird tune. You are, do you sing a bird? You have bird. You sing, right? Correct. I think that's a, that might be considered maybe a little little problematic to just assume because I'm a bird. Oh, of course, that of course, a... of course, of course. Well, you know, <laughs> I would not assume. No, in fact, I was really <laughs> just kidding. You flap your wings or something. You uh, tell me. Okay, sounds sounds good. I'll, I'll I'll make some sort of signal. You'll know when I'm ready to go. Okay. This is, is there any other? So I must. Um, I don't know anything else about this knoll. I'll I'll figure it out in the moment. I guess. Is there anything else that we need to know about the? We have like you said. We have about a half an hour before the train starts yeah, to actually it, board. It, it's about a half an hour before the train starts to actually board because they're literally swapping the carts. I will cast detect thoughts and start. Because I can do it once per day. Before we get too much into that, I think let's just talk because there's some other prep stuff, but let's just talk okay. about the plan. Sure. Peter gave us the scenario a while ago. We know the train is going to be coming up out of the chasm and then heading to towards Folly Bridge. And then there's basically a stop before we cross Folly Bridge. And that is going to have, there'll be a guard change there. And so, it's a, and and how long a distance is it from? So the canyon runs along the south, and then it curls north. And so we're going to be running along the edge of the chasm as it goes north, and then the bridge crosses it in the north and starts heading toward Bounty in the west. So on the east side of the chasm, the riddle to the stop before Folly Bridge called Bridge Stop because that's what it is. It's the bridge stop. Pretty literal naming here. The train is pretty fast, moving at the speed of kind of a horse at full gallop. Like once it gets up to speed, but it does have to slow down for turns or risk derailment. My my thought that we had talked about before is that basically once we get out of the the chasm and we're up on the sort of level area, that we want to essentially hijack the train. So one of us needs to get to the engine, disable the engineers, so that while the other one essentially cuts the train loose behind the vault track, so that we can essentially let all the passengers go and then from there then we have some time to deal with the whatever's going on in the vault or without interference from the guards on the train and we don't have to worry about picking up new guards at bridge stop because there's this change change over to to a new set of guards there and then my thought is we blast right through bridge stop maybe they chase us maybe they don't but at that point 
we can we get into the vault we get the stuff we ingritham had has given us some bags of holding so we take the bags of holding and then we just basically jump out of the train let the train keep going on across the bridge and we do some base jumping off the train into the into the chasm into the river and then we can float down and get out at our leisure and or have arranged with ingritham to pick us up make sure there's a raft or something down there that can pick us up that was kind of my thinking both because i think it's cool and also i think it's i think the idea of cutting loose the passengers at some point makes a lot of sense Marlo has, has signed off on this plan. He did not know you were such a good plan now. None, this is a plan that came like a bolt of lightning of inspiration from some other source <laughs> into my tiny little bird brain. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if I was being, there's some other voice behind me, up above <laughs> me, puppeting myself and making decisions for me. Well, yes, You're I getting too meta. I feel, I, I feel that way at the same time, but I do not think this person is that much smarter than me. Yeah. We've never talked about scale on this map. You know, the scale yeah. on this map would be more like, it would be more like a full day of travel to get from one to the other. We can call it a, pretty much a full day of travel. I don't think we should do it too soon before bridge stop because we don't want in case they have a way of warning bridge stop we don't want yeah yeah exactly like i yeah i'm i'm thinking that we don't do anything except observe until we're well out of the the chasm and we're up above the thing and then at right. that point maybe we start moving around and doing some exploration i'm assuming there's a conductor of some sort on the train so we'll want to show our tickets and do all of that sort of stuff i have some small explosives i think believe you've got some acid or something if we need to we can start weakening certain parts of the train or do a little exploration. I would love to identify who is Morlo and where are they. Yeah. As you have a little bit of time, just at least on the platform, who are you trying to detect thoughts for this? It's it's a an action and it lasts for a minute. And for the duration, you can read the thoughts of certain creatures. When you cast a spell and as your action on each turn until the spell ends, you can focus your mind on one creature that you can see within 30 feet. You initially learn the surface thoughts, what is most on its mind at the moment. As an action, I can shift my attention to another creature's thoughts. So I can do, I guess, in a minute, that would give me 10 actions, right, to, to, to go around. But if I try to probe, I can probe, but then I have a contested intelligence check and the spell ends if I fail. Okay. Yep. But so, it, the main thing to pay attention to is it only lasts a minute. Right. So, so I, I can do 10, like, basically. Yeah. In, in the area that we're in. Yeah. But they have to be in a pretty concentrated area, right? Um, so I mean, in 30 Mar feet, Mar I can walk around. Marlo, yeah. you're dressed pretty fancy. You could go ask about that tiara that that girl, that, that woman's wearing. Well, that is a good good, uh, uh, good observation, but maybe she is my last uh, target, as they say. Uh, so I'll start with the goth, goth dwarf. He sounded interesting. Okay. So as you head up towards that end and pass by people, surface thoughts on the goth dwarf. So Andy and I usually, we do not select uh, the, True. the, the True. languages until we are asked so I could say yes. <laughs> I am totally fine with that. I, it would also I, I make believe, sense if you spend yes. quite a bit of time in Riddle. That is exactly it. I would assume that it is one of the languages because I was born in Zichism. I was, as a baby, I was raised in a in a shattered metal cradle. So yeah. I do believe Marlo speaks the dwarf. Was, was your nanny a dwarf? I think she was part dwarf, part gnome. It was a, it was an interesting uh, combination. I learned a lot of strange she things. Very, she must be very wide. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, it was she was thing uh, hips. Uh, she might have been wide, but um, I did not notice as a child. But I will tell you that I remember playing with the be beads in her beard. Of course, it is difficult to say beads in beard. <laughs> 
his surface thoughts are not particularly quiet. You hear hear him thinking to himself, this is surface thoughts, right? Yep. It seems kind of like he's hyping himself up a little bit. Oh, people are going to remember the name of Shadrach's Reeves after this one. Oh yeah, I'm going to go down in the history books for this. Shadrach's okay. You can do this, man. You can see he's maybe a little more nervous than his uh, aesthetic would imply. Shadrach seems like he's a tryhard. That is a great way to describe him. He is trying very hard to look very cool. And he's succeeding. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, then I'm going to switch over to um, the prisoner and the guard. Yeah, to start getting the surface thoughts of the prisoner. You can see him kind of looking around. His brain is just going, would I survive falling off the edge of the chasm? And that's like, how far is that? 50 feet? I can fall 50 feet. It'd be fine. Well, it's yeah, it's 50 like, feet. It's more like hundreds of yes, feet. Yes, the chasm is hundreds of feet. You don't get the idea that this man is particularly intelligent, but you do get a thing of, I should probably wait on it, though. Maybe the boss will get me out. That'll be a good one. And we'll have something to laugh about. Yeah. And looking at the guard, she's a bit more closed. But the first thought you get from this high elf is, Bahamut preserved me. This thing is so odorous. This worshiper of Bahamut-esque is not pleased to be stuck guarding a knoll as it appears they are going to bounty for trial. You think the knoll's name might be Seamus, but that might be someone else involved at the trial too. Got it. So I'll go the tiefling bard and then the gnome with a lion and then family with the, the jewels. The tiefling bard in this case, they're all going to be circus performers. Uh, it's the strong gnome man with the lion. and yeah. the lion tamer and the uh, the ringmaster. Doing a quick pass with them, that is a very accurate way to describe it. They all seem to be very excited about the new act that they've picked up here in Riddle and to get ready to do the show. You do realize that the lion is actually probably a druid of some kind that is simply wild-shaped into a lion to preserve the illusion and is very good friends with the snow. <laughs> so is, there, is how it is. You're realizing that this is a circus. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> nice. Love it. The family, the dad just finished a job here in Riddle. They have made quite a bit of money and are now leaving the chasm and all the dangers that it may hold so that they can live their life happily elsewhere. So a family of three, the wife, the father, and the daughter, and I think the gems that Nunya were looking at is this beautiful, yeah, it's this beautiful tiara that's worn by the kid. <laughs> it's literally hard to look at because it glitters a lot. <laughs> And do you want to pick up any guards on the way past? Yeah, I think I'll do about yeah. 10. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I have three more. Um, yeah, I'd say there's two guards currently standing. The vault car has probably a five foot lip on either side that's just open to the air. Or actually, it's probably a little closer to a 10 foot lip. Um, either side that's open to the air before you get to these heavy metal doors you can see there's a pair of guards standing at one of the doors right now chatting you can absolutely get them in quick order and another guard if you want these two guards they're part of 
the Greywind Guard, a mercenary group that pops up throughout the chasm. They act as city or town guards. This group has been particularly commissioned uh, like to Pinkerton train. Yeah, they're maybe a better way to describe them is associated to the Pinkertons. They're just hired on Got type it. group. They're hired muscle, really. They're like the thug that with the Pinkerton is a great way Got to it. see the right. Greywind Guard. But they only guard the train until bridge stop. And these two guards with Detect Thoughts and they're saying it so you're essentially getting to hear the conversation without having to make a perception check to it. These guys are really tired of the guards that they have to change shift with. Uh, the Grey One guard particularly does not like guarding through the Mogollon Forest, the big forest that kind of dominates the northern end of the chasm. So they've passed off that work to another group, the Brotherhood of Radiant Outrage. Uh, and P Peter, that is, I do not like the Z bros. Yes, bros? They, are, they are the bros. One is talking to the other and he's like, Mikey, there's no way these guys worship Paylor. They're, they are too angry to worship that sun god. Have you met them? He's like, the other one, Mikey, apparently is like, yeah, but they're like bright. Literally, they're bright. No, but they're like shine. No, they just glow like matchsticks because they use magic. How is this not obvious to anyone but me? These guys, really? <laughs> A sun god? And they glow? God, they must love Mogollon just getting into fights along that entire road. Uh, I, I do believe the bros are of the literal sort. <laughs> the name of the mercenary group is pretty accurate to their description and their demeanor is a great way to say it. Well, while this is going on, I'm a bird, right? So I don't think I'm doing a lot of social stuff, but I do want to walk the length of the train. And because I haven't spent as much time riding the train, this is probably the first time that I've actually been up close to it. I want to just do, do like a count of guards and then maybe even get closer and look at the mechanism between two train cars and see if there's yeah. any obvious points of weakness. So you can tell that this train, the first two carts, the driving engine car and the ladder car don't seem to have any guards in them. Looking through, you can see about three people in the engine car. They are all gnomes. You don't, you can't see into that power battery cart. Yep. The vault, after those guards finished their conversation, he heads farther into the train and there's one guard on either on that like outside area on either door to that cart and just counting throughout the rest of the train aside from those two there's probably a total of 10 at least one in every passenger car okay so essentially car. one per car plus one in the probably one on the flatbed and one on the caboose and you're able to find a moment between all the hustle and bustle as this train is getting set up it looks like kind of the mechanism that holds these together is two rings that sit on top of each other and then there is a large heavy weighted pin that's slotted in okay. between and what is the intelligence on nanya he's not dumb he's got a 10 okay it's you would guess that at least pulling the pins for one of these things is significantly easier when the car is stopped compared to when it's in motion. Got it. Like physically pulling the pins out. And I'm assuming the pins are two inches thick of steel. Yeah, pretty much two inch thick steel type of thing. I just say to anybody who's seen me, these trains are amazing pieces of technology. <laughs> um, just can you, just can like you, I'm trying to look like I'm curious. I'm just like, they're can amazing. Can you be a performance check for that? Yes. Oh, <laughs> or deception. The choice is yours. I'll do deception because that's marginally better. 
as you say that, say that. I, I'm probably. laughing so hard because I rolled a one, which becomes a yeah, five. five. Wow. As you say that, you definitely see the knoll turn and look at you and cock his head. The guard is clueless. The guard. <laughs> as you're closer to the knoll, you think you've seen him like at least once coming out of Ingritham's office. And he definitely recognizes you. He sees you and you lock guys for half a second. Yeah, it's like we make eye contact for like too long and then I kind of just like turn my head and like go (laughs) sit down and just like... Is it it more like one eye to two eyes with a bird? Yeah, probably. It's like... Just look around. But he, he goes from this, like, very obviously trying to plan to how to get out to as excited puppy as a knoll who's Jesus. in, like, prisoner rags as he can get. Uh, but he doesn't say anything yet. <laughs> but he's looking at you. Like, he's, like, throwing glances over you. This high elf just looks so done and is almost ignoring him at the moment. So some luck is on your side. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, I will take a seat in my in the cart somewhere where it's hard for him. Like he has to like fully rotate his head all the way around to look at me. But I just want to be completely out of his eye line. Yeah, sitting in the corner. My my cast is very obvious. <laughs> yeah, so I'll sit somewhere in the middle, facing Nanya, and I'll. Are there tables or on these on these trains, or is it just? Seating? It's a little too small. It's ma- I'd say it's mainly just kind of what, like seats. Well, I will. Just like I will four sit, seats facing each other. Yeah, kind of. I'll, yeah. I'll sit in one seat, and Marianne will sit next to me, giving yeah, the tra- off the "don't mess with me" vibe. The train cart fills up pretty quickly. I would say realistically, Nanya is on like the back of the cart facing towards Marlo and Marianne and the Knoll. You don't know why Marlo, because this context hasn't been given to you. But the Knoll goes from this suspicious, oh, how am I going to do this type energy to like excited, constantly starting to look back, but then like sticking his head on the high elf in front of him. And this high elf is <laughs> so, like, I'm just, because I know about the telepathy thing, I'm just in my head. It's just like, okay, Marlo, if you hear this, you need to tell that dog to chill. You need to tell him to chill or he's going to blow the whole thing. And and because I can't hear you at all because it's only a one-way street. Yeah, well, I, yeah, exactly. I, 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 just will, like, I will just, just start being like... Uh, Zino, he seems to uh, like me. I am not sure why I didn't. because oh, you can't uh, hear me because you don't know. I'm like, dropped. it is very interesting. <laughs> I am not sure what uh, is going on, but this uh, this no, he's very excited. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I think, yeah, Nanya is. You can't see, but his, his feet, his feet are just clenching <laughs> underneath his robe. He's just tearing the floor to pieces with these talons. Just like, okay, how about, okay, yeah, maybe the fox. Maybe if I think it's the fox, and then he just keeps like, muttering. Okay, they had us do meditation. I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna meditate. I'm just gonna be. And every time he like starts to like calm down, then like Marlo just dropping <laughs> in. Like I don't know what's going on. What's going on with this this, this mole? As everyone is settling in. You sit down and maybe five minutes later, coming in from the car just ahead of you guys, you see a half-orc in a very tight-on-his-body conductor's outfit. Marlo, you have never seen this conductor before. You have run this train for two, three weeks. It has always been a halfling who seemed incredibly well-respected on this train. You have never seen the conductor coming down the train at the moment. And he's been this thick 
voice goes, tickets, please. And uh, takes the tickets from the first group, goes through and is taking tickets from everybody as he gets tickets. Nonya, I may have been premature in my uh, assessment of uh, the crew. This man is, he has never been on this train before. I will give like one very obvious wink. Just the like Noel this, like, thinks. The Noel <laughs> thinks. The Noel thinks. I'm thinking. Absolutely. Nunya has resigned. This job is going to go. I can always fly away. I can always fly away. That's what's going on in my head. I can always fly. I just have to kick out a window and then I'm gone. <laughs> He will get the tickets, and Marlo, as he sees Marianne, he goes, That's a cute little foxy thing! And then just moves on, and he kind of gets your ticket. He's like, Oh, that's cute! <laughs> just looking at this fox, and goes, Does it really need its own seat? Of course, she is my companion. You sure? I, that's right. We don't we don't have luggage caught today. Sorry about that again. And he'll take the ticket, check the tickets, and keep going. You said his clothes were They're very tight. tight. Yeah. Can I just do a perception check in general on him, just to uh, insight would maybe a little bit more accurate. Oh, I, I'm rolling like such it, absolute garbage. I, that was a five. Nanya is completely out of rolled. sorts, guys. He's just completely like, the knoll so, is throwing him off. The knoll is throwing I, him off. Yeah, I'm I, just I, completely I, thrown by the knoll. I should be looking at this guy and like just like just just take the ticket. He'll, he'll take the ticket. <laughs> Can I do an insight check too as well? Just in case yeah, the guys go knew. for it. Or investigation. Insight would be more accurate. Investigation it would be like if he had time to look at like a couple of his things in more detail. Well, I rolled a natural twenty, so that's a twenty-two. Ooh. So you, as a former child detective have met a lot of criminals. You have seen a lot of things. You are fairly certain that this man is a gang member or a roughneck of some kind who has gotten his hands on some other conductor. It looks like he's gotten a uniform probably sized for an elf and has just, just thrown shoved, him himself, just shoved, shoved himself in it. Yep. Oh, oh okay. Um, better. That's like, the that's the key element of this insight check is seeing the split scene right on, the, <laughs> right on his butt from where he like, crouched down too much and just split out the bottom of his pants. So this man has a terrible fashion sense, but his sleeves and leggings are too short. Yeah, with a natural 20 insight, this guy is definitely a criminal. He does not recognize you, the knoll. You don't think he even recognizes the knoll as a prisoner until he gets the paper from their guards and is suddenly throwing an eye back towards that guard, that Heil. Definitely a little bit clueless. You know that you probably can't call him out as a thief or else there's going to be a lot more security on this train real quick. <laughs> So if you want to call him out as what he is, it would, with a natural point, it is definitely a better idea to do so once you are well underway. Understood. That guy is the most obvious criminal, at least to you, that you've seen in a while. I, I will pass that information to Nanya. Nanya winks his other eye. <laughs> the one that's away from the knoll. I'm not sure it worked. <laughs> The no, I'd say the no. His tail's wagging. Yeah, you can definitely. His tail's definitely doing the, <laughs> like on the side of the seat. <laughs> it's just like smashing into the side of the seat. Okay, awesome. Yeah, but the train kind of starts on its way a little bit after that. 
tickets seem to have been validated. What time of day is it, just so? It's probably like... 10 in the morning when you guys get okay. on the train. This is the type of thing of it'll get to bridge stop. I'll say it's like an eight-hour trip. Well, and then the, the passenger cars, they've got windows you can get They've out. got windows, windows that they've got doors out. at the end that you can yep. move from train they to have, train. They have essentially carry-on bin types of things above where the passengers are sitting. You can see there's plenty of bags up there. And for a long train ride, I would assume it's not unusual for passengers maybe to make their way up. Maybe, maybe not if you're in one of the standard to go into a luxury suite, but definitely Yeah, like moving around within the standard. Yeah, moving around five through eight is very normal. Even heading back and getting some of your luggage and what would have been the luggage car as usual, but seeing as that has been replaced by something, it has definitely left some people on this train disgruntled. I think after we've been going for an hour, I think Nunya very, very loudly gets starts ripping around in his bag and pulls out like a big handful of, of nuts and seeds and just starts just like just like smashing on nuts and seeds and he's got some fruit in there and whatever else so he's just got, you got the travel I mean, snacks like, travel snacks he just starts I kind of I love the idea of you have like a burlap sack that you're just holding up to your mouth and just like bird seed bits oh flying everywhere well Mar- Marlo so Marlo is is oh good god Nunya, this is the more boring trip ever he's pulled out these little tiny miniature goblins like little mini figs and he they and he does a little spark over the top of them and they start battling each other so he sets them up maybe he like arranges them on top of marion and then they start to carry out a little uh, battle on top of marion and at some point they turn and start attacking him and he gets annoyed and he flicks one with his finger and it goes flying across the train does this draw a lot of attention on the train like do people start paying attention to this little battle the knoll and the guard start paying attention to that the high elf seems to be out of irritation the knoll thinks definitely just has the look of that is the coolest thing i have ever seen (laughs) but of course it is (laughs) and it's just like glued onto it he definitely tries to catch the one that you flick in his mouth but misses it's too high and he's like (laughs) so it's like for a second his head up mouth just open (laughs) can i take advantage of this little distraction and just slip out of the door nearest to me yeah i just want to kind of stealth stealth check you can go for it that i'm rolling for i that will be any commoner's passive perception and seeing as the other two are distracted will also beat their passive perceptions so even with an 11 you're able to slip out the back from i said you guys were in car six you're able to slip into car seven. Oh, okay so i would be moving towards the back of the train yes okay so i want to once i'm in the other train i'm not stealthing so much but i'd like to move back through the trains until i can see the flat the flat bed. yeah and i just want to you said there's a guard on the on the flatbed. Yeah, there's a guard. He is on the edge of the caboose looking out to the flatbed because he doesn't want to be on a flatbed however quick the train is going. (laughs) Okay, so I'd like to continue to stealth and I kind of want to, I'd like to get lined up on one of the guard, the guard that I can see and I would like to cast, I can, I can cast gust of wind. Which it's basically a strong line of a line of strong winds, sixty feet long and ten feet wide, blast from you in a direction you choose for the spell's duration. Oh, and it's only once per long rest. Do I want to use it now? Is, are both guards there, or is it just the one? Just, just the one at the moment. 
the other one is like in the caboose itself. That I am going to use it. I want to use gust of wind, and I just want to blow him off the train. Okay, like, yeah, because are... we're like moving along, and he's like by himself, and yeah. he's out in the open. I just I want him to just figure one less guard is a good thing. And uh, what is the DC on this? It is a strength save 14. Strength save 14. So he isn't expecting this. I will definitely give him disadvantage. He's definitely not expecting the win. A 10 plus 2, he will fail as a strong burst of wind. Wilhelms, but the sound of like the train, like the buzz of these electric rails <laughs> will cover it up from anyone indoors as he goes tumbling into the chasm. <laughs> Uh, that is unfortunate and, uh, for him. And he just Nanya's <laughs> still with his in his robes with his with his cast on his hand, licks one finger and tinks it in the air. <laughs> and then I'd like to just take a quick glance underneath the tarp on this so to see what's you see two things. So the tarp you realize is thrown over two separate loads of material. One of them appears to be the pieces to a what you would almost imagine when put together is like a hamster wheel-esque contraption possibly something you're definitely it's definitely missing parts but this is probably something for the circus and towards the back you will see a couple of long boxes that are just labeled property of summer shield corporations and a couple of them have dangers or skulls and crossbows hastily painted on them but that's what you see as you head towards those okay i'm gonna file that away i want now that we're in motion, I kind of want to look at the mechanism between the caboose and the, the flatbed mm-hmm. and just, I even just test it a little bit. I'm assuming once it's under tension, it's not going anywhere. It's not budging. Okay. You can make a strength check if you want. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, it's too early to start cutting stuff loose. Yeah. Um, so I'm not so worried about that. I'm going to slip away. <laughs> start heading back up the train and keeping an eye out for anybody who looks like they're paying too much attention. Yeah, as uh, you head back up the train, can you give me one more perception check? With a 25, heading into car 7, you can see the guard that was in car 8 at the top end of it, looking at the door there. Doesn't really notice you passed as he is fiddling with a piece of black stone. As he's checking something and it's not working, he seems confused by it. And then I'll just shrug and you'll with a 25 with what you rolled he'll go nah mikey's probably asleep again (laughs) poor mikey poor mikey oh well oh well i mean he is asleep in another sense i mean we're not right on the edge of the chasm so i mean it's it's easy he might have hit the ground at least once before he went over so there's the chance Definitely unconscious if he is alive. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna yeah, just keep moving back through the through the car. I guess I'm gonna have to go past the freaking knoll unless I go mm-hmm. climb the outside of the train. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm moving, I'll just walk right through the center of the train and head up towards. Yeah, the... I just want to head up towards the not. I want to head up towards the luxury car. I know I won't be Got able it. to get into the luxury car, but I just want to have walked through the whole train. Yeah, can you give me a performance check to perform your disguise unless you have proficiency in disguise kits, at which point you can roll that at advantage. Uh, I do not. I mean, it's not much of a performance. I know. I, I know. Have disguise it, kit. It's, it's, I, oh, I know. Disguise. 
Okay. That's a 15. 15. That's not bad. Pretty, yeah. That's, not bad. Say, that's pretty good. All things considered. I mean, it's just a, it's a dark robe. I've got a very obvious sling on the outside of my arm. So a great way to describe it is people who aren't really paying attention assume what their periphery sees, which is definitely this high elf guard. People who know you know that this is absolutely a disguise. <laughs> Uh, and that performance is good enough that the knoll is like, uh, you know thieves can't, correct? I don't. <laughs> um, the knoll will make like kind of a hand signal to you as a pass, as you pass that you don't recognize. Seeing as you don't know thieves can't, I forgot you weren't actually a rogue. <laughs> not actually a rogue. Okay, we are so yeah, two pass, criminals, but, but not zero. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I have the criminal spy background, so I'm sure I recognize it as something like these yeah. can't. And I just give him the hand wave off, like just like like the yeah. the hand pat down of like chill. You just gotta chill. And and he gives he gives you a nod and is trying to play it cool. <laughs> Seamus is a moron. Yep. Okay, great. Um, okay, awesome. And as you're kind of heading out of the cart, you finally remember that this guy's name. He's another thief like you. His name is Seamus McRobin and not particularly intelligent. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I'm just going to keep moving. And I guess having gone to the back and now moving to the front, I will have given the conductor plenty of time leaving him in front of me. Yeah. yeah um, I think if I see a guard who's not paying attention or is in between cars or something like that, I'm just being very, very opportunistic about like any opportunities yeah. I see to lower the total number of guards on the train without uh, so, raising any suspicion. With the guard <laughs> on the flatbed gone... The guard in passenger eight is indoors and is best described as tired of the ship as he is still observing his cart but not really paying a whole lot of attention that i would say is probably the same ish to varying degrees on six or seven the guard in car seven is really nervous to the point that he's not really paying attention uh, he definitely looks newer six the guard in your guys's cart is eyes are glued on the knoll Right. You peek your head into car eight or into car oh, five. Car five yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Car five. And the guard's head turns and looks at you immediately. This guy, weather beaten, gives it a bit of a sniff like you once over. And he's definitely tracking you as you're looking around in the car. Okay. So he's more alert than the other ones. I think I would just... Hey. Excuse me, sir. Uh, mm. Where are the facilities? He will just point his thumb over to one of them and goes, right there, short stack. Thank you, sir. You're very gracious. Uh, uh, excuse me. Then I'll step into the facilities, wait an appropriate amount of time, hopefully till the guy is like not paying any attention. I'll give it a, a minute or something and then I'll get out and I want to get out and then turn right and start walking up the train <laughs> past the car. <laughs> Can you roll me a stealth check? Because... <laughs> and I... And I don't want to be hogging time from Marlowe. Yeah. This is, I'm just, this is, don't worry about it. We're, we, I, I hug there every time. There you go. 19 stealth. These guys have a 16. It looks like he gets distracted talking with some kid in this car. He's like, definitely the energy of, oh, what you do is so cool. Like, what stories do you have to tell? And you use that opportunity to start looking back like you're heading back down the train. And then you turn right back around and scoot past him. Scoot okay. past him. Great. You are able to, if you want, you could get into the luxury car. Yeah, I think I'll have I so now I've gone through all of the regular cars. Mm -hmm. I've, I've walked through the whole thing. Have I seen anybody who looks like they might be Morlo? No. I'll step into the luxury car. I'm really just trying to find this guy Morlo. Yeah, you uh, step into the luxury car. The luxury car is a little different. 
it's there's this five foot like bending hallway and each of the rooms is probably like a 10 by 10 box room type of thing and it's a 60 foot train so there's four of these rooms okay you can perception check on the doors do anything you want to peek through there's what i would choose to do to this the most chaos inducing thing as we talk about like the (laughs) mental randomly like can i be a waiter and start knocking on all these doors and then uh, nunya is a thief he's not really doesn't really want to attract too much attention i think i'm just going to kind of want to listen at the four doors and try to see if i can identify where the family is we we have these four parties so we've got the circus the goth dwarf and this wealthy family is that right yes and there is either from your guess there should be one empty room right so i want to figure out which one of those is the empty room so i just kind of want to listen at each door and try to see if I could listening at the first door, you can see here amicable chatter and kind of this loud, thick accent. You see a hero man going, You see, Aurea, I could easily pick you up with one hand. This is not a challenge. We need to think of something better for the act. And Aurea's like, okay. Gasta, Gasta type of thing. Got it. The first one is definitely the circus. The second one, you can hear some soft talking that appears to be the family. It is the girl is incredibly excited to see Fort Mello when they get out there. It is the girl's definitely going to be a little sad because she's like, oh, the chasm is so pretty, stuff like that. There's a brief pause while Nunya tries to figure out, could I get the tiara? No, I got to stay on target. It's about the ball. (laughs) It's got more shinies in it. It's not just about the tiara. Stay Stay on on target. <laughs> the next car, you hear a voice that sounds like the conductor and some other voices. You kind of hear this voice go like, okay, boys, now here's the plan. You, me, Bob, we're going to get ready and we're going to take this show by storm. And you can see, all right, boss. You can hear these thick voices. And then Leonard here is going to go ahead and take the engine cart. And you just hear a grunt. Okay, awesome. Somebody has our plan. Okay. <laughs> I believe this is the problem with sharing your plan with the DM ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The plan is the same. (laughs) And then you head up to the last one and you can hear a bunch of high-pitched voices cackling and speaking in a language that I assume you don't know. The high-pitched voices in Cabin 4? Yes. Where is Chadrack? But they're they're all and they're you could do a religion check if to identify the the voices or a language probably. Religion check. It's just a straight roll. Eighteen. Oh, there's probably five voices speaking in Infernal. Oh boy. High pitched, like no idea what they're saying, but five high pitched voices speaking in Infernal. <laughs> so, okay. I think at this point, Marlo might, and, and Nunya's going ahead far enough that he's not worried about drawing any attention or making it look like we're together. I think Marlo will be like, okay, Marianne, it's time to stretch our legs. And he will get up and do a big stretch. And, ah, Marianne, Viet. And will start to make his way forward in the train, in the okay. direction where Nunya is. And, okay. and he's not he's not trying to be stealthy. He's just, he's he maybe even stops here and there and will be like, oh, that is such a pretty hat, lady. And, you know, we'll go, he'll be, he'll try to be charming and, and he is who he is. He's, he's is not afraid of drawing attention to himself. The last note that I think I should make in car six, the car that you're leaving, that nervous energy is coming back to the knoll. Nunya is going to go, now that I've heard infernal voices in cabin four and this other gang getting ready to go off, he's okay. We, he, I think maybe we had wanted to wait a little bit longer, but he's like, we got to go soon. He is going to get between the luxury car and the regular car. Mm-hmm. At this point, 
point as Marlo is heading up, you can, I think, make out. There's like a little window in all of these doors and you can make out from where you're standing. The guard kind of has is facing away from it, but you can just make out Nunya's shape in that like spot in between cars. Oh, you mean Marlo can? Marlo can make out Nunya's shape. Okay. And I'm, kind I'm, of I'm, same, I'm, like, I'm, I'm uh, Nunya. There are far too many people on the train. Uh, it is making me quite uncomfortable. I believe maybe we should let go of some of these cars early. Maybe it can cause a disaster. I think when you say that, I'm super excited that I can contact you and I start thinking intensely and I'm like, it doesn't work. Uh, Nunya, you must give me some sort of visual clue. I cannot hear your voice. I hold up four fingers. start doing charades to try to imply infernal, but to realize that that's not going to work. <laughs> and I will open the door and the first empty seat I can that has like one free next to it that I can sit down in and in, in car five, I will, I will sit down and just start tapping my feathery hand on the seat next to me. Ah, and, uh, no, no, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yes, I will cut free at car four. <laughs> Car four. Yes, I agree. With you kind of brushing in the garden, this car is looking at you. Uh, good evening. Yes, a beautiful day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, are you running interference on the guard? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Have you seen the, pe- the papers in Bounty this, this week? The no, circus. I don't. The circus I, is in town, Excuse me, sir. I have to ask this odd fellow a question. And he starts to stand and is stepping towards Nanya. His suspicions have most certainly been raised. Because <laughs> last he saw, you went down the train. And now you showed up, like, <laughs> almost next to him, past him. Yeah, as he's, it's, like, starting fun. to stand to move past. How many other people are there in this car? Uh, in this the car, guard? there's probably, there's the guard and probably six commoners. Okay, great. Sounds good. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm sitting in the chair. I am looking beatifically innocent. <laughs> And I e incredibly suspicious. In- I e incredibly suspicious. I am, I'm, I need I'm to... just looking dead straight ahead, patting the seat next to me, trying desperately to to, to get Milo. Milo, you must sit with me for one minute. Ah, oh, my friend, our seats are in the back, my friend. And I will start to talk directly to Nanya and even push myself forward and say. Ah, oh, forgive my friend. He gets lost. You know, the birds. Uh, they. Well, the Can you roll direction. persuasion? <laughs> As this guy, this guy is the oh, face of someone it was who is rolling on a nat twenty and then it flipped to an eight, so it's a nine. Oh no! Actually, you know what? I'm going to use my spark of genius to add five to that. So that is a okay. fourteen. Oh, Such and I have guidance, so we'll add a d4 to that. Yes. And plus two, sixteen. Yeah, he kind of gives Nanya a look and just says, I better not see you two past me again. And we'll go sit back down on his seat. But at this point, pull up his guard baton type thing just so that he has it at the ready as you two sit across from each other. I will explain very quickly. So I I got it. One of the cards on the flatbed had an accident and we don't have to worry about him. It's possible his name was Mikey. 
Mikey <laughs> Makes me feel a little bad, but I'm not going to worry about it too much. So in the in the luxury car, I think we might have a couple of problems. One is one of the cabins that that I don't know if you noticed, but that half orc conductor, I think he's he's trying to like hijack the vault just like us because he's got some co- he's got some people in the he's got some he's got a crew up there and they're, they're maybe causing some issues. And second, there's three things. Second, second, there's a, the car next to the cabin next to them with the gang. I heard a bunch of infernal voices coming out, like demonic, and that's not good. It might be also a problem. And then lastly, that little with the tiara. I <laughs> So we gotta figure out how to cut loose the luxury car, but hey, bar, hang on to that damn tiara. Maybe get the, I don't know. Maybe there's, hey, uh, maybe there's a, like a window or something from the roof that I can get down in there and I can just knock the heck out of the family and get the tiara and go. What do you uh, think? Well, my friend, I, I do believe that I can buy you a tiara with our, with the Z-score. Yeah, so yeah, sorry, sorry. I get distracted. It's the, 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 the shiny stuff. It's, it's like... I, well, I agree that the profits of the, the rich people should be liberated. I believe we should just move on. Fine, fine, but just that doesn't. Uh, okay, that's the tiara dealt with, but that doesn't help us with the the, well, I the think demons we and the other things. To your point, I believe we should just move with intense speed and let us take care of these uh, these passengers right now. Take care of the pa- take care of the guard. Well, no, we, I think we. I think if 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 you can distract the guard for half a minute, half a minute, I can I can detach this car from the train. I can distract the guard. I got that. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, He's going to be real distracted. Excellent. <laughs> okay. So is the guard in the luxury cabin? Is he Is he in a, on the hallway? You did not see any guard in the luxury cabin, which is odd because there should be one. Okay. Hey, now that I think about it, I didn't see a guard in, in, in the, it's possible that the, you know, that the, that the demons ate him. That's, <laughs> that's a possibility. It's possible. I mean, it's possible that kid ate him. <laughs> possible yeah. the lion there's a lot of things in that cabin that could that, that car that could eat somebody you got a lion you got a you got a kid you got demons you got whatever's in there some big guy i heard some they were like you're gonna take care of the engine and the guy was just like <laughs> it's very very disturbing but not very subtle and i and i i really i'm i'm subtle and with, with that i'm gonna stand up and walk to the guard in, in car five and i'm gonna kick the shit out of him <laughs> um, but- as immediately as immediately as that happens, I'm going to get up and walk through the door to the and start moving through to cabin four. To cabin yeah. four, but I will order Marion to follow Nunya and help Nunya. Okay, okay, Nunya. I will say very certainly the last thing this guard is expecting, even if he is a trained and professional guard, is for you just to walk up to him, look at him for a second, and start kicking the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, he is considered surprised for this first round of what I assume is going to be a very short combat. Okay, so I get two attacks per action plus whatever I do with my key points. Roll initiative. Yeah, he's still in last. <laughs> and Marianne? Marianne and I have an 11. Okay. Okay, so if Marianne's with me giving me the help action, does that mean I have advantage on all these uh, attacks? No, yes. no. Uh, well, okay, sure. Well, he's surprised. Marianne can do a lot more than just help you. That's a 15 and a 24. 15 just misses. This guy is wearing his chain shirt is putting in a lot of work. So that's one hit. These are just the straight unarmed strikes. That is nine points of bludgeoning damage. Still very much so conscious. So I have Crusher 
Once per turn, when I hit a creature with an attack that deals bludgeoning damage, I can move it five feet to an unoccupied space. And I want to move him five feet towards the back, d- towards the door, towards the back of the train. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm basically trying to maneuver him. And I, you tell me if this is legit or not. I want to maneuver him to a place where I can either kick him through a window or kick him so through a door. So he's sitting can, right next to a window. Can I, so can I position my kick so I move him five feet and he ends up out the window? <laughs> off the train <laughs> i will say if you want you can as you, you can use your bonus action attack to attempt to shove him out the window after unsteadying yeah. him with that kick okay. because you have to kick him through a closed window so I'll, I'll, I'll use a key point to i'll use a key point to do flurry of blows i will say as a monk you do just have a bonus action attack oh that's right you don't have to flurry if you I'll don't just, want to if i flurry i get two but if I you bonus get two action, it's just one i'm gonna do the flurry of blows so there's still at advantage because he's still suppressed so the first one's an 18 which hits and the second one is a 19 that also hits so just throw me two athletics checks i'll say that they're also at advantage just because you you pushed him at five feet already into it second one the 18 so he's able to stand his ground on the first one and the second one he rolled an 18 and a 19 as he's getting like (laughs) as he's like smacking up against this window he's able to hold his ground it is marianne's turn can marianne hop over the seat so that she can flank this guard uh you would have to be out the window to flank the guard does marianne have advantage on her first attack Yep, he's still attack. surprised. She's going to actually attack. That is a 21 to hit. 21 will connect. And she does six more points of damage. He has most definitely been bloodied at this point, having taken 15 damage total. Is that your first and only attack, or do you have any more? Uh, no, Marianne only has one attack. Okay, it is technically your turn if you want to join in this. Right, well, actually, game. I would have gone before Marianne, and then my bonus attack is letting Marianne ah, attack. Got so, but that's okay. Your, I, I'm your running. action is to, is to move yeah. towards the... I'm going to run to between three and four yeah okay you're able to between three and four so that requires you to pass the 60 feet that is the luxury car correct so, so you're just gonna keep you're just gonna move you're just through gonna the luxury sprint through double move okay. yep. yep got it looking out on to the vault car you can see the guard sitting at that lip area before you get to the vault car looking towards the luxury car he seems to be checking his this like black stone tablet somewhat confused okay, okay. so now we're to the top of the round and now we're to the top of the round, which okay. is still Nanya. Okay, now I'm peeved because this guy won't go out the window and I don't have flanking or anything like that for advantage, so it's just a straight. The first one misses, but the second one's a 25. Super connects. So that is another 10 points of bludgeoning damage. He is knocked unconscious. Okay, he's knocked unconscious. Then I'm going to turn to everybody in the car, all the commoners who've just seen all this and go, everyone, this is a robbery. <laughs> I need you to move to the back of the train as quickly as possible. Thank you for your cooperation. And then I'm going to absolutely just sprint to catch up with. Them. Yeah. Got 55 feet of movement. You can Marianne has that. has 40 feet of movement, so she can yeah. can she get pretty yeah. close? Yeah. She can get pretty close. As you pass by the luxury cars, just as you round that corner, you hear the door behind you bust open. This is technically before Marianne gets to take her action. And you can hear a, a group of people move down towards the cars, and you hear kind of Nanya as and you hear So they're coming uh, from four or are they coming from So they're from coming from Four uh, heading towards the passenger carts. Oh, okay. And you can hear a thick voice go, Everyone, <laughs> go, this is a robbery. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, awesome. <laughs> and I will say, both of you, as you guys pass the last room in the luxury suite, you will have definitely heard this like high pitched, like <laughs> type of like cackling voices and the sounds of a fiddling doorknob. Okay. Did I hear? Did I hear the other guys? You said this is a robbery. Yes. You. These guys are yelling loud enough. So there's. So basically, I yelled, "This is a robbery!" Ran past their door. Door. And they <laughs> came they out and went to the back, the back. And, and yelled into an empty car or a car that was already emptying. This is a yeah, robbery. robbery. Yep. Yeah, the guard that's already been knocked out. Perfect. This is Perfect. a very apt description of what's happening currently. Awesome. awesome. Maybe okay, we didn't so, have the same thing. So now, now it's my turn, correct? Yes. Now it I is will, your turn. I will open the door and yell to the guard, somebody's robbing the train. Oh, <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, pardon me. Someone is robbing the train. He will perk up and speak into this black box. It lights up slightly and goes, he goes, boss, someone's robbing the train. And you'll hear her crackling over it and goes, <laughs> just a voice go then deal with it as he is going to get up we'll say he's essentially stepping in after you he will get up and go out of the way citizen and start heading into the electric car okay and it, am i next to am i already up here and you next you are fast enough that you are already up here next to michael okay i'm just gonna like squeeze myself into a corner and try and look yeah you guys you're, you're essentially both right next to each other so, so is marianne see, is with has, us as well or marianne is still i don't know if you can see through marianne's eyes no i cannot well i'll let you know what marianne is seeing anyways marianne sees two large half orc in white or in kind of gross off-white suits and a very short plump looking halfling in also this off-white suit with this full-on godfather aesthetic with like a repeating crossbow and whole nine yards so Marion's um, is going to try to push past them. I mean, like, she's a fox. They're going to. Yeah. She's not a passenger. She's not a commoner. She's so just going to try to run. Unfortunately, past them. she does have big fox energy. She does indeed. And they are taking up the entire space, the doorway, and the next two car spaces. Oh. So she will have to hide and wait for them to leave. Or like, okay, well she'll, get she'll run them. up and then just sit on one of the car, one of the seats that they're not blocking. But as okay. close to the Got door as she can. So as soon as they vacate the door, she will try to run past. Them. Yeah, seeing as people are already exiting this, they are they look to be planning to keep heading down. And with the last piece of initiative, as this guard runs past you, you hear behind you guys on the final initiative order, because he rolled a natural one on his initiative, and you'll hear the guard go, oh fuck, and the sound of shattering glass behind you. And Nanya, I'll say you're in a spot where you can kind of look around the corner. Okay. You can see I what is I would describe as a half ogre and a shattered window and no longer a guard standing there. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> As presumably this half ogre has pitched the guard out the window. Great, great. Okay, ogre, half ogre. I'm going like, to poke one head around and then I'll quickly whip my head back around and I go, he's also turning towards you guys. We need to... How fast is the train going? Full speed? Full speed. Got it. Okay, great. I think we need to... We need to get onto the vault. <laughs> get off this Get off this car. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, and that is... The the end of the initiative order, seeing as both guards have been dealt with, and that was last in the initiative order, we are back to Nunya. Okay, so let's see. I only have so many tricks. So the first thing I do is this disguise is Nomas. So Nunya gets rid of the robe, pulls his arm out of the sling, settles his his 
belt around his waist, rolls his shoulders five five feet nothing, and turns to Marlo and goes, Marlo, you need to get into that vault or get up. To, you need to get to the engine. I'll take care of this guy. And uh, yeah, yeah. See you. See you. See you at the bridge. And I'm going to step out to this half ogre. Mm-hmm. And uh, is your name Marlo? He looks at you, raises an eyebrow and goes, no, my name's Marcus. Hey, oh, sweet. Marcus, I just I need to tell you that you're you're, you're going to be better off if you move to the other end of the train and just follow your buddies. I mean, they told me to go take control of the engine car. Yeah, we're, we're doing that part. <laughs> Can you roll deception? <laughs> Uh, the boss did not tell me about this. Natural 20. <laughs> yeah, that is a natural 20. Um, Nat 20 on my deception. He goes, I guess the boss did actually have a plan after all. And he will, it looks like he is turning now, no longer to go after the engine car. But before he goes, he goes, you sure you don't need help? No, we got it. We got it. We're all set. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I did help build this, but okay. He will start heading back down. <laughs> oh, he helped build the train. Okay, yeah. <laughs> No, no problem. No problem. There's some sweet shit on that flatbed car at the end. He goes, oh, yeah, the summer sealed stuff. I, I was looking for some of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knocked out some of the gods back there, so you are it's going to be an easy ride. And, uh, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you, little man who I don't know. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his head is, like, grinding on the roof, by the way. He, like, yeah, takes yeah, up no the worries. whole hallway. It was this, and this is not. He came out of the same cabin that the other guys came out of. Yeah, still the infernal cabin. There's still the infernal cabin, and that doorknob is still rattling. Okay, so, the, so the circus people and the family are still there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Nunya's gonna dart. Uh, no, he's not gonna. He's not gonna do jack shit. My 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 instincts would be to try to help the family tell the circus people that there's bad stuff happening on the train, and maybe they want to get off or get further away from this car. But uh, I don't think Nunya's. Nunya's just dodged a big fight and he's pretty proud of himself so he's gonna just sort of sit there and wait for uh, wait for marion to to catch up so we can get on to the to the vault car so as the robbers continue to head down the train we are now heading back over to marlo as marlo realizes the only way you kind of have two options you can either get to the engine car by climbing over the vault car or you can try to get through the vault car now well my first thing i want to do is actually so i have two gallons of acid. Okay. <laughs> so my plan is to actually apply acid at the connection point or at the bolt point, but whatever I think is going to be the weaker yeah. place. I'm also going to gauge it as I'm not going to acid it before I think Marianne can make it. Yeah. So I'm going to evaluate. Marianne is essentially able to slip, th- slip through Marcus's feet during this turn to get by. So she's, what is her movement speed if she dashes? 40, 80, 80, 80 she I'd say she's pretty much just able to get up to you by the time that you last chance to drop acid type of situation. Okay, we are going, then I will drop acid. I will hold until she catches up and then drop acid. How many uses of acid is... So uh, one gallon, is one gallon is eight, eight vials, vials, right? And okay, so uh, so what we're going to do is it's going to be 2d6 for the first vial and every vial of acid after that is going to be an additional just flat three damage. Okay. So it's going to be 2d6 plus 45. Wow. <laughs> of acid damage. So that was a six. So as a 56. 56. So I'm just looking at my notes and I'm like, <laughs> I did not make these things resistant to acid. You feel a lurch and watch the gap begin to widen 
between these two as you have put off an ungodly amount of weight. And the two carts are just about totally disconnected at this point. Can I use my, I know it's out of turn, but I would have, I think I probably, once Marion passed, I would have followed with Marion yeah, onto, the, onto the vault car so we're both on the vault car. It is starting to pull free. Okay, great. And as it starts to pull free and there probably a 10 foot oh, gap appears. Yeah. One, one other thing of note, just that I, it doesn't take an action to do, it just happens. I'm able mm-hmm. to pull out like what looks like a little a plunger and I just press it against my skin and all of a sudden all my skin goes from normal colored to metallic colored. So all of a sudden I become steel skinned with a slight green tint that sort of matches Marianne. And then I do the okay. action. <laughs> so tink, tink, tink. Yeah, on the forehead three or four times. Slick. What I've used, Marlo. Yeah. So what I've used is I've used we we we've we've created some shattered Chaz and magic items. I've reused the bronze molten half plate, and this is a shattered metal half plate with just normal metal, but with flakes of mithril and copper in order to give it some magical properties. So now it's it has just spread all over my skin, and I have an 18 AC with all of this on. Yeah. As the round ends, about a 15 foot gap appears, and can you both just give me a pretty easy perception check. <laughs> um, oh, oh my god. We both rolled such garbage, but hold on a sec. There's still Marianne. Mary, Marianne rolls a nat 20, 26. Marianne looks up and barks, which causes you both to look up, and you can see standing on top of the train cart, still cuffed, but no longer ankle cuffed, is Seamus McRobin. On the luxury cart, he did not move fast enough to get on top of the vault cart as the gas like, appears. It, what? <laughs> He's like, you see him, he looks and he goes, mate, give me a hand. Yet. He said 15 feet. It, yeah, 15 foot, yeah. Uh, jump, <laughs> jump, monsieur. <laughs> you can still make it. Oh, and with <laughs> natural 20, you can see the high elf is on top of the train as well. Oh, with like him. Probably, probably 30 feet back, but chasing him. And we are back to the top of the round. Throw him a rope and then let go of the rope, Andy. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's exactly what Nunya does. Is he pulls out a rope, leaps to the top of the vault car, mm-hmm. throws a rope. He'll, I, here's what I'll do. I will tie off the rope and I will throw the rope so that there's 50 feet of rope trailing off the back of this. <laughs> like whip one end kind of towards him. And mm-hmm. my action basically is to tie the rope off and throw the rope to him and go, Hey, Lord helps those who help themselves. <laughs> He looks at you incredibly confused. You got this. Yeah, and I believe gonna, in you, Monsieur. Try to roll af- acrobatics to catch it. He does not oh. catch it. <laughs> he he. As his reaction, he tries to catch it. On his turn, he will probably have to jump for it. He rolls a three. He rolled a three. He he has a plus four to that roll. He very significantly failed. So that was my action was to do that. Okay, this is a this is a tactical question, Michael. Mm-hmm. Does it make more sense for me to go and take over the the engine? I can probably this round get all the way to the back of the engine. Like I've got 55 feet of movement, so I can and if I step in the wind, I can certainly that would give me that would so get me to the back you of essentially the essentially action to object interact with the rope. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Like my action was to was to tie the rope and throw it, but I can still use my movement and bonus action and get almost to the to the engine. Should I go to the engine or should I take care of the guard on the other end of the vault? I would take care of the guard on the other end of the vault. Okay. I think we should enter the vault from that side so that we're closer. To yeah, the yeah. I th- think the question for me is: Do we want to take the engine first, or do we want to get into the vault first? I think we take the engine first. Okay. So because they could so stop. That, they 
right? Because they yeah, could stop. So they could stop. So in that, with that being the case, I would have a total of 110 feet of movement with my action and using Step of the Wind. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that, and I'm just going to run along the roof and mm -hmm. then get to, and then when I'm 10 feet short, I'm going to drop down okay. so that they can't see me, and then I'll my, in the next round, I'll attack whoever's in the car. Yeah, okay, got it. So you're running across across the vault car, across the power car, and dropping at the power car? Yeah, dropping at the, the front end of the power car. Got it. Okay. And I have a fly speed, so I figure yeah. it really no, does. It's, it's kind of like... It, it, no rolls required. I'm just making yeah. sure I know where you are train-wise. Okay, as we move down, it is Marlowe's turn. All right. I so how difficult would it be for me to climb and follow? I would need an athletics check to climb up and follow after. And that athletics check, pretty neutral. There's plenty of stuff to climb onto. You see it in plenty of Western movies, people yeah. climbing onto the tops of trains. What what uh, about what about what do I feel about Marianne? Marianne, a lack of opposable thumbs makes it significantly harder, if I'm totally honest. Okay. She's proficient in athletics. I believe. It's very doable. She could possibly yeah. jump, like make an athletics check to just jump to the top, but that is also dangerous on a moving object. She will have a slightly harder check than you will. Got it. So I guess I'll go first. Why not? Go for it. Okay. Make me an athletics check. That is a 14 with guidance. A 14 will make it. Okay. There's no need to so, roll there. Okay. All right. And then, so then Marianne is going to try as well. I will run, but I will keep an eye out because I have to be able to see Marianne. So I'll keep an eye on Marianne. So I believe wait. it is an action to do the athletics to climb okay. it just because of how skill checks Got it. tend to work. So it will, you're able to run halfway down the vault Perfect. car. Perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to pause so that I can see Marianne so that I can help her if she needs help. Okay. And does Marianne and have an action to make a roll with or yes. how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's going to be plus six on this roll because it's plus two times my, my proficiency. She rolls a 22. That does it. That gets point, her across. Point, 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 She's point. able to scrabble up the edge and get on top. Okay, so we're um, both on top. Yeah, you guys are both on top. It she's, is now a little, she's a little ahead of me because she has 40. Yeah. It is now Seamus' turn. Seamus taps his chest a couple of times, does his best, you can do it face, and is going to sprint and jump for the rope. I'm kind of rooting for him. Is that weird? <laughs> I'm kind of, I know, I'm kind of rooting for him too. <laughs> Kind of like, um, yeah, totally forgot he existed. <laughs> totally like, I'm like, I gotta like do something. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he jumps and they like, roll the nat 20. <laughs> he rolled a nat 20. Uh, Seamus looks back at the high elf chasing him, runs and pitches himself forward and is just able to grabs the rope almost at the top and is able to clamber up on top and looks straight at you, Marlo, and goes, oh, so you're with Ingritham too, eh? I'm real happy we got a uh, it is now the high elf's turn. The high elf will sprint. It's and what a it's like a fifteen foot gap, or is it? Yeah, it's a fifteen foot gap. And after a dash, so he was he was at the very back of that last car when he got to. <laughs> he jumps, misses the cart, and grabs onto the rope. He is now bouncing violently against the ground. <laughs> nice. So he's just nice, nice, nice. So thank you for listening to part one of The Train Heist, our stories from the Shattered Chasm series. Uh, we'll pick this up in two weeks with part two. Join us then to find out what happens to Marlo, Nunya, Marianne, and now Seamus. 